What's that? Gerard used the same drug. You got it. But they figured he was using the drug to fake his illness, just as you suspected, Coop. Definite schizoid maneuvering. Welcome to Twin Peaks Rewatch on the Idle Thumbs Network. I'm Chris Remo. I'm Jake Rodkin. This week, we're discussing the 26th episode of Twin Peaks, On the Wings of Love. This is the 18th episode of Season 2. It's also known as Episode 25. This episode was written by uh, your friends and mine, Harley Payton and Robert Engels, and it was directed by Dwayne Dunham. It first aired April 4th of 1991. Um... Chris, what happened this week on Twin Peaks? Before we talk about it, I want to be caught up. <laughs> this week on Twin Peaks, Gordon Cole comes back to town to get this show on the road. Something's up with Ben Horn and Eileen Hayward. Audrey gets some more responsibility. Wyndham Earl is still here. The Owl Cave is here. And Andy goes spelunking. Wow, man. That's this week on Twin Peaks. <laughs> still starring Eric Daray. <laughs> Yes. In like 30 seconds of screen time to look to look like a dumb person while uh, Wyndham Earl camp capers around him. You were so wrong in that one episode when you were like, Eric DeRay's got to be stoked that he finally has something to do. <laughs> no, he just has to sit in a different chair and make a different kind of face. Yep, it's true. Still gets that, that top, secondary top billing, though. Eric, we just loved how well you played Comatose Leo. We were gonna turn you into like crazy murderer, but instead we wrote Wyndham <laughs> Earl into the show, and you're just his his like comatose. He's minion. a way cooler, crazy murderer than you. So uh, we got a place for you still. Don't worry about it. It really ties in with your character's existing history of being comatose in a room. Yeah, we we didn't want to waste that after how how blown away we were by that performance. <laughs> so we invented a new murderer and made you the, uh, a new comatose uh, state. <laughs> So this episode, one, this episode was a huge break from the last few, right? I mean, tonally and yeah. in terms of momentum and things. It it has it has new highs uh, we've not reached in a long time. It also has different lows. It, yes, it has new types of lows. New yes. Types of lows. So th this episode is a combination of like really classic Twin Peaks sort of townspeople stuff, which is great. I mean, there's a lot of good stuff in this episode. And also the point at which Twin Peaks really becomes proto-lost garbage. You yeah. know, like this really sows the seeds for a very particular style of modern serial lore building that is really not... Yeah, it has... Doesn't, it could, could be better. It has a cave filled with deep lore. Mm -hmm. It's like something's out in these woods. Something involving the owls. Oh, it's Owl Cave. Oh, Owl Cave. There's a cave named Owl Cave that has ancient carvings and crazy Indiana Jones traps right. in it. <laughs> and that's that was the thing we were talking about all along. Now we know. Huh. I thought it was Who'd have thought? I thought it was some sort of mysterious like force that just sort of scratches at the edges of your psyche. But uh, No, it's lives it's just in like a, a cave. dusty cave. It lives in a cave, there's a lever for it. <laughs> yeah, it is it. It drifted way more into lost territory than I remember Twin Peaks drifting. And I, I watched this episode. I've seen so many more episodes of Twin Peaks than I thought that I had. <laughs> this might have been the one that made me stop, but I think it's next week. Okay. Man, what a weird time to stop watching that show. I mean, not weird, but like being so close. The fact that you stopped with like two episodes left. Perhaps? I don't think I knew exactly how many were left. And it just got to the point that I was just, I said, why am I doing this? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, if you didn't know what to expect and it had been going it had been going on like this for half a season, yeah, that would be that would be yeah. pretty I just like, oh man. But whatever. Fortunately, mm-hmm. before we before we get too deep into into Before we speedlunk too deep into Owl into Cave. Into Owl Cave and the and the the nether lore of Twin Peaks, the bedrock really I would say, <laughs> of what Twin Peaks has always been about. Um before we get too far into that, let's talk about Gordon Cole and other stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know, because I'm not so I'm not saying we have to start with Gordon Cole. Well let, let's start with the first thing that happens. Oh, just Audrey's a room service person? Oh no. No, it's true. No, no, no. <laughs> wait, wait, it's it the bookhouse which bu- opens okay, so it opens with a few things. Okay, first bookhouse fact. Mm-hmm. We have confirmed that the bookhouse is not the library because Audrey goes to the library in this episode. <laughs> so the bookhouse mystery arc is finally starting to wrap itself up by closing That's true. some book doors. Ha- bookhouse lore starts to piece itself together here. Yeah. Uh, so this episode opens with a mounted deer head, which I feel like this is maybe like the third or fourth time we've gotten a Twin Peaks episode opening with a mounted deer head. More classic than a chess piece. I'll take it. Yeah. Uh, there's also just weird like wind instrument playing yeah, there's in, sort an, of like in, a, a, in an insane way that made me think it was going to be a Wyndham Earl scene. Yeah, that's a, yeah, I, like, is he just going to be playing some new ridiculous wind instrument now? Some he's teaching Leo how to also improvised play. Flute? <laughs> no, it's a dead, there was a dead guy just in the book house uh, and, or, or knocked out or something. And yeah. then also Truman there. And then also Jones there who had a really weird plan for how to garrote Truman. Like, is that a thing you can do? Can you do that from the back of the neck? Aren't you supposed to do it from the front? So you, yeah, I you think that whole thing constrict their windpipe felt a little bit style over substance. Yeah, like for I mean, sure. she's a sexual assassin. Yeah, so she's got a. But she waves Josie's perfume in front of his face, which for a second I was like, I is, like this is this a magic a... potion? Is yeah, this... I, 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 I didn't know if that was going to be like poison or yeah, stupid magic. Uh, I thought it was like a contrivance. Or something. Yeah, yeah. No, it's just Josie's perfume. It's just Josie's perfume. But then, like. Uh, at the end of the day, really, he was already pretty much dead tired. He was asleep. She could have just killed him. She could have done anything. Yeah, she could have stabbed him. She could have she shot still him. still used the wire. It wouldn't have mattered. But instead, she had to first pretend yeah, no, to be Josie and saying. sleep That's with true. him. Like, I mean, the, the wire was still a bad And then, like, dramatically call. snap the wire open in front of him so that he goes, oh, You're not Josie. <laughs> Josie would never do that. <laughs> um, I want to talk about one thing. Because I don't. there's not really anything to say about this. The, to me, the most noteworthy thing about this scene is that there is only one bit of follow-up for the entire rest of the episode, and it consists of Truman asking Cooper, why would Eckhart want me dead? Cooper sexual goes, sexual jealousy. jealousy. Oh, right. They both seem to instantly accept yeah. this as though it is Mystery the obvious solved. answer. You know, rap, I wonder if that is a bailout. I wonder that. if that is a bailout of this storyline. I think it's got to be because they don't touch it for the rest of the episode. Right, because, yeah, you just... I wonder why he would have wanted to kill me. Basically, I wonder if that was the show saying, I don't know or care. <laughs> no one will from now on. Mm-hmm. Like, I hope that's what it was. Maybe it wasn't. Yeah, Jones, but, classic character yeah, of but, zero imports to this series. I just I just thought it was amazing. You'll be shocked, though, because isn't she in the prison cell? Isn't that where that conversation was happening? Where she was in, in the holding cell? I guess. Be, so she'll get possessed by Bob next episode, <laughs> and it'll be a crazy twist. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sexual the, the, jealousy. The, yeah. The matter of fact tying up of that was incredible to me. It, it, it seemed like a joke, but they, but they both just like, well, yeah, it must be. Anyway, what's next? Glad yeah. we figured that. Glad we sorted that one out. Good day for the law. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Gordon Cole. 
So the way that when Gordon Cole was introduced in this episode, it really – and I don't think this is necessarily borne out by the actual events of the episode. But the way it felt to me when he when he was introduced in the scene in which he he appeared, it really felt like the show saying, OK, let's get this shit back on the road. Gordon Cole's here. He's even like, here's all this formerly classified knowledge about Wyndham Earl – which, you know, I'm thinking, okay, great. Let's just solve it. Figure it out. I know. Do it. Like, he's got the secret information. Yeah. Let's just Here's get all the it, things move you on need. with it. You're an FBI agent again. Yeah. Back on the force. Here's a new gun. I'm Gordon Cole. Let's go. Let's go. Get a move on. Let's do it. But it's just the rest of it is, like, even more obscure and weird and lore-filled. And... Yeah. Although it's at least in service of solving the mystery yeah, that they true. set out Yeah, They're actually right. doing a thing. But also the fact that Gordon Cole is just like, I'm going to stick around Twin Peaks for a while. Like, oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, that's fantastic. If and that is the case, then this episode is going to actually be good. Yes. And, and, it, every, was. and it totally was. Um, I, Except for... Yeah. I mean, the, when, when they learn that Wyndham Earl himself is also somehow connected to all of this lore garbage... I don't even remember how. Oh, because he was also involved with the Air Force stuff. Like he was somehow oh, trying to right. get involved with Major right. Briggs' yeah, yeah, study yeah. of Twin Peaks. Yeah. Please. Just come on. Let's let's give it a rest. Um, but anyway, let's talk about Gordon Cole. Uh, I really like that Gordon Cole screaming about sausages and bonsai like overloads Earl's like, oh, yeah. b- bug. Man, this was, another, this was on. another – I can't tell how self-aware or not the show is about Wyndham Earl because he's screaming – about how Cooper's not playing fair due to information that he is receiving by bugging Truman's office. I think it's just I, I think it's just unthoughtful writing, honestly. I don't think like I think it's just a character who's literally obtaining this information by cheating at his own game deception, yeah. is screaming about people not playing yeah, fair. It's I, just I don't, like, give me a break. I really don't think that there's a lot of self awareness going on there because it's it's been going on so long and it feels like they're just like tripling down on the complete stupidity of it. But yeah, Gordon Cole screaming wildly right into the bug and it overloading everything was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, so was that when he was yelling schizoid maneuvering? Yes. Well, yeah, they were talking. Well, yeah, because I, once again, to, it ties in even more than just the Project Blue Book stuff or whatever it was, because also Wyndham Merle was on the same drug that Mike slash Gerard was That's using. Right. So, I mean, they're really really going into full kind of bad TV lore mode of like, oh, it turns out everything is actually connected to this really important central right. lore mystery. You are all destined to end up in Twin Peaks. Exactly, right. Yep. Yeah, just... <laughs> um, anyway, I guess we can talk more about Windham Roll stuff later because I don't know. Yeah, it's... it's We'll just... We'll we'll portion that off into into this week's uh dive into owl cave mm-hmm. our usual segment about twin peaks lore mm-hmm. but everything with gordon cole at the double r uh pretty great i really like his order of a steak so rare you could sell it at tiffany's yep that's how i that's my kind of steak it was that whole thing just gordon and shelly it was really good like it was good to see i mean david lynch obviously not an actor but he does he does such a good job of like it just feels genuine and really cute. Yeah, he just goes for it. I mean, it's such a ridiculous situation that it's okay that it's being played ridiculously. Yep. Uh, another thing, I mean, there are just so many great lines. He, I mean, this is one example where whoever wrote this episode, I guess you said it's what, Peyton and... And, uh, and Engels. Engels, yeah. I mean, this is one thing that I feel like they really nailed. It's just these little absurdisms from... These little pseudo-absurdisms from, uh, from Cole when he's talking about Shelley... <laughs> 
What a beauty. Kind of reminds me of that statue, the babe without the arms. Yep. <laughs> Cooper's like, uh, the Venus to Milo. Name's Milo. That's not important. Yep. Just, just, fa- I'm going to go try my hand at a little counter Esperanto. Uh, just his whole method of putting the moves on Shelly. Yep. Uh, by just diving in headfirst. Yep. Was extremely enjoyable to watch and actually made the follow up, I think, interactions between cooper and annie a lot less oh those were so flat yeah like how do you follow that outrageous gordon cole and shelly stuff which is like you know she sort of just finds the whole thing adorable right like who knows what gordon's intentions are it's not even relevant because of just how charming it is to shelly who just has the worst life yeah exactly yeah uh and so by comparison cooper and annie are like okay they're i guess just attractive people who like each other i mean i guess the the show really tries to play it as like they're both kind of oddballs and they seem to see that instantly um (laughs) the way the way sarah interpreted this as they had to invent a fake nun to come up with someone as childlike as cooper that he could like plausibly be in a relationship with and i thought that was a pretty funny wow a pretty i mean it's kind of that's kind of what they're doing i mean they play it they lay it on real thick with her i mean she's like I feel so amazed, stunned. The way people talk and laugh, it's – I just don't even know what to make of it. Like, I mean, they're okay. they're they're laying that on pretty yeah. thick. The one thing in this conversation that entirely lands is Cooper's penguin joke, though. That's true. Yes. Maybe I am. <laughs> That's true. That was really God, good. Yeah. So good. No, that was a great moment. I, I do agree with that. Just that joke is good. And Kyle McLaughlin's delivery yeah, of it. It's, it's a good so joke good. and it's also just good for that character. And, yeah. And, yeah. He's so satisfied about like that mm-hmm. suave penguin voice. Yep. Oh man. And then, <laughs> and then that scene just this is like the tipping point. Also, is in this scene because that that Cooper's got the drawing there. He he did the stupid thing that I was like, it seems like those things fit together. Mm-hmm. Last week mm-hmm. they don't. Also, there's triangles <laughs> on Major Briggs's tattoo. Yeah. And then Cooper turns them into diamonds when he draws. Yeah, them. that was pretty bad. <laughs> So whatever. But the scene ends with, I guess, was it Shelly or Annie? Someone in that room just goes, oh, I see you've been to Owl Cave. And everyone's like, Owl Cave is a Mm -hmm. thing? Mm -hmm. (laughs) The the scene ends. So like that was from a sort of meta standpoint. Wasn't wasn't Truman there? Because Truman's the one one who's like, that looks like Owl Cave. So that scene was incredible because it goes from everybody basically in these little – proto romances little like, and happy bubbles little happy bubbles and then every, it gets to the point in the scene where like everybody is like laughing and I know, happy like, it actually and then, gets almost and, manic right and then it, it the scene ends with cooper going harry i've got to see this owl cave i know <laughs> how is that the end of the scene that just happened? i know that's what i mean like from a sort of like meta structural standpoint it, that was like the happy scene that then just had an atomic bomb of garbage dropped yeah. on it. Yeah, like Cooper basically, like, in the middle of this incredibly happy scene, Cooper basically just blows a hole in the roof and jetpacks out to the owl cave. Like, it's the strangest thing. <laughs> so, so bad, man. When they said, all of my all my notes say is in quotes. I see you've been to Owl Cave, and then after that, a double line break, and in all caps. Owl cave, four <laughs> question marks and two exclamation points. My quote, my quotes say again, all caps in quotes. Harry, I've got to see this owl cave. Yeah. Oh man. Woof. Yeah. <laughs> then it turns well, out his drawing looked like an owl. Yeah, you liked that. I didn't like that. We'll talk about oh. that in a minute. Oh, okay. I did not like that one at all. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> 
It was fine. Mm-hmm. There's a second sub owl hidden inside of the first owl that Wyndham Earl discovers, oh, and I right, like that right, one right, a lot, right, 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 even right. though I don't. But mm-hmm. that's fine. We'll get to it when we talk about the owl cave. Um, so this this episode structurally was interesting because they really piled on a lot more just brief little Twin Peaksy subplots the way that the show used to a little bit more. The there were the overall threads were a little bit less monolithic like they have been for the mm-hmm. last couple episodes, which is, I guess, nice because we just get character moments. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the the whole little thing with Donna and Eileen and Ben and, and um, Audrey, you know, Audrey and, yep. and Donna sort of trying to figure out what's going on with their mm-hmm. parents. Um, that stuff was all fine, but the, my, my favorite part of that whole arc, unless you had stuff you want to talk about earlier, mm-hmm. was just when she talks to her dad about it. I agree. I was going to say the exact same thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the, uh, that actor is like, in the last like five episodes, has been able to come to the fore as a character who's just mm-hmm. really good and was. What's his name? Because he's Mark Frost's dad, right? Oh, is he okay? Mm-hmm. Cool. He feels like he was really underused early on in uh, in the oh, show. Yeah. To well, me, well, he was just a background character essentially. Yeah, and he, he's become an actual real Warren Frost. Warren Frost. Yeah, he's got his, his ability to just sort of wrap up a scene with a facial expression is really good. Whether it's like him cracking up at something or him being concerned or him being sort of like approving. He's just one of those actors who can just convey a lot because I guess he has sort of a weathered face. He knows how to, how to like, use it. How to yeah. use it. Yeah. So it, uh, he's great. Um, but just the way that he played that where it's sort of, he, it feels like he knew that something, Yeah, he knows something's going on, but he's really doing his best to paper over it. Yeah. And you can't, you can't tell if he just wants to throw Donna off the scent. Yeah. And I liked that you couldn't, it felt like there was more knowledge than he was giving away, but w- the specifics of it are unknown even to us in a way that was played really, really well. Where you're like, is he thinking back to what this could be, or does he know about this as an old flame thing? Because mm-hmm. they're trying to they're trying to play it off when uh, Donna and Audrey were listening to the secret passage. Like Ben Horn is Donna's dad. Oh, I didn't I didn't pick up on that. That's because they were like, does she know? Like, yeah. it was the, the conversation, and you know, then when she goes to her dad about it, it makes you wonder what he's possibly thinking about but he seemed more baffled than i would have expected but and then the flowers showed up which just felt cheesy but also it was it was only good because you got to see his reaction to those flowers showing up right anyway um in other donna news uh oh another donna news you and i yep she gets a letter from james and we get to hear that cheesy guitar song for a while and we get to hear some just great i don't know if the stuff that james says is dumb in itself or it's just the way he delivers no, it but when, san francisco is really san, cool yep, I, that's exactly what i wrote down <laughs> in quotes on my notes san francisco's really cool james that's it yeah nadine and mike had a good night apparently it's funny that mike is now just totally into this situation yep good for him i guess good for her um andy and lucy this this andy thing was baffling to me was he going through a hole in the floor or was he just crumpling into the floor i think he was just crumpling into the floor because he i don't know where he was connected from in the ceiling but i felt like he came out of the ceiling tiles he came out of the sea he did come out of the ceiling tiles but then i think he just fell behind the desk Mm -hmm. which this episode seems to love that andy is like a fake spelunker because they also have (laughs) that wacky gag in owl cave where it looks like he's rock climbing and like gripping the edges, then he falls, right, he, and then he was just in the middle of everyone else on the right, floor. Yeah, classic, yeah. classic Andy. He's a goofball. Yeah, uh, 
Yeah, I don't know what to say about any of this about any of that stuff. I mean, it's Twin just, Peaks. How many weeks into this are we? There was a three was, week. There was we a three week jump because, because, because Lucy's because not very pregnant. Yeah, exactly. But the thing is, if isn't isn't each episode roughly a day? Yeah, so, it so we're, been it's that only long. been a few weeks. It's crazy because there was a three week jump at one point, wasn't there? Okay, so it's been maybe a couple months at most in total. Right? Not even because there's there haven't even been thirty episodes of the show. So Twin Peaks covers a month. Plus, Plus three a weeks. Few weeks, so it covers right. a month and a half over the course of the whole show. Right. So it's been okay. like five or six weeks. Yeah. Since the very beginning of this show, that is intense. Yep. When you consider how many crimes have been committed and solved since then, especially in the last week, basically. <laughs> when did the gap happen? When did the gap of a few weeks happen? Oh man, I can't remember. It must have been before Windermere arrived, right? I think it was like right before. So that means all <clears throat> of this Windermere stuff is just like a few days worth. That's crazy to think about when you consider that they spent, you know, I don't know, multiple weeks solving Laura Palmer. And now this thing is like just exploding. Yeah, there'd be a lot of black SUVs and news crews in this town at this point. If a month <laughs> after true. famed like prom queen or whatever Laura Palmer was is murdered. And then more murders. And then occur. just immediately after that, everyone starts killing each other all over the place. And there's like mob ties. There's, right. uh, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, they really they really have it both ways in this show when it comes to Twin Peaks being a small isolated town be, versus Twin Peaks being kind of what amounts to a metropolis's worth of resources and like places to be um like you know what I mean like the the great northern just existing as it is. I know we've talked about this before and and like but great northern and the and Horn's department store existing in a town ostensibly the size of Twin Peaks combined with like the level of news coverage it doesn't get and like where it's located. It doesn't really add up. None of it really makes actual sense. It's fine. It's close. I don't really care. I mean, it is actually close. That you, but I, I don't really know what the actual population and size of the town is supposed to be. I think someone actually <clears throat> wrote an email about this or a forum post. I'll have to find it because <laughs> it would be an interesting thing to read uh, since we're having this discussion. Um. Okay, let's see. Well, what else is there? I mean, well, there's... Ben, I guess, is not smoking, and he's now chomping carrots. That's true. I really like that he's got to chop something, so might as well be healthy. Like, he pulls a carrot out of his jacket and offers it to someone else the way that he would offer someone a right. cigar. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, I guess he's enlisting Audrey as... As, uh... as his RFK, basically. Yes. I... Yeah. <laughs> it's funny that Jerry isn't his Well, she's like, Jerry, and he goes... Nah. Yeah. Yep. This scene was actually pretty great, I thought, because you have Ben Horn telling this overblown uh, sort of recent history thing, which is definitely a dad maneuver. Right, but, yeah. Uh, and then he's stomping around around the room, chomping on a cigar. The Audrey, on a carrot. On a, I'm sorry, on a carrot. What am I talking about? The Twin Peaks music is like just soaring. It's in full effect. Yep. And then every like 10 seconds, Audrey's brother screams outside. It's just yep. this amazing piling up. Of audiovisual elements that is that is pretty classic Twin Peaks, and I was glad to have yep. some of at this point. Yep. And then Billy Zane shows up, and the scene becomes bad. Yeah, that character does nothing for me. I don't. Uh, completely boring. Yeah, I mean, he's supposed to be kind of. He's supposed to have an air of sort of sophistication or danger or thrill or something. I don't get any of that from him. He's just a guy. Yep. Yeah. You want to talk about Owl Cave? Guess that's what's left. Owl Cave. And, and Wyndham Earl, I guess, combined. 
there's that one scene uh with Cooper and Annie and she's got that rum and tonic. Oh, that's true. I mean, but that's basically So we see that she what? Like cut her wrists at one point? You Is see that what, you see that last episode I think or two mm, episodes ago? I didn't remember. Um we didn't talk about it on the podcast, but that episode I believe was called Wounds and Scars in mm, part because of okay. the fact that Okay, I see. that you see that she tried to kill herself. Right. Um well then I'm just not very observant. Jeez, Chris. Yep. What am I doing with the podcast? <laughs> You're doing fine. Yeah, that scene with them was fine. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm not there. No, I only mentioned it because it came, I think, between the two owl cave scenes, and that's basically right. all that's left in the episode. Right, 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 right. A, a weird thing I noticed about that scene is that did you notice she like retconned the reason why she was drinking a rum? Like she went to the she went to the 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 bar and she's like, oh, I want to drink, but I don't really know what I want. And the bartender goes. Well, the ladies seem to like rum, and she's like, "Great, I'll have that with." Uh, and he's like, "Tonic, it's great." So, I mean, this is completely from the bartender. Cooper arrives, and he's like, "What she's you like, got?" I always saw people rum. drink the nuns sneaking yeah, rum. Yeah, sneak or the rum in. So I thought that would be fun. What a weird decision to just. And why not? Yeah, why didn't she just say, <laughs> "I guess I'll have a rum." Yeah, why didn't she either tell the bartender, "I'll have a rum," or tell Cooper, "Bartender suggested a rum." It just seems like an odd bit of just pointless incongruity. Yeah. I don't. I don't know if there's anything to observe there. I mean, I feel like it probably was just no one noticed in the script. Like there were two different ideas, and that it doesn't feel feel intentional to me. I know Maybe we're picking was. around the plate a lot here to leave our favorite thing for last, but it's okay to indulge in Owl Cave. <laughs> so let's just. Uh... Sorry. Okay, I'll move on. Owl Cave. So this is a bummer. This is basically. It it is amazing how much it felt to me like Indiana Jones in so many ways in terms of the the expedition to go out even, you know, the, even man-made the, stru- man-made, the set like, design yeah the set design exactly <laughs> like even the construction of it felt like the budget of of Raiders of the Lost Ark yes. but also, a decade and a half later not just that but also even even in that context the three of them standing there with these big searchlights looking forward that might as well have been from an Indiana Jones movie or something except in an Indiana Jones movie you probably would have had Jones like swing the yeah, swing the swing it around into the camera for a few frames and yeah. then away again. Yeah. But still, it, that kind of really dramatic interior, dark, high contrast. Yeah, it looked like Indiana Jones and Lost and the X Files and everything that right. is not Twin Peaks just appearing yes, in the middle of Twin really Peaks shocking. all at once. It was so much like that because okay, so then you have this weird, like ancient-ish, but oddly advanced mechanism inside a natural feature that's totally Indiana Jones. And then you even have the heroes accidentally uncover the thing, but then leave. Then the bad guy comes later and takes advantage of the progress. The heroes made to access the thing. That's totally Indiana Jones. Like everything about it was total Indiana Jones, except that Indiana Jones never spends more than a couple sentences ever at a time explaining what the thing is. It's all like it accepts that as the audience you can so if it's a biblical thing like the like the um the the uh, ark I actually I feel what I'm saying is less true about about the last crusade but certainly in the first two films like they still parcel it out really slowly yeah. even when there's like in last crusade even there's all the huge array of challenges that are all written in the guy's book mm-hmm. but even that stuff's been like you've leafed through it and caught glimpses of it throughout right. the film and stuff exactly yeah you 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 don't really need you know so but and, yeah it's usually just like an army that marches with the Ark in front of it's invincible. That's all you need, whatever. Also, then, like, 
it's scary mm-hmm. and old. And when a crazy thing happens, you're like, oh, that must be because of that thing, I guess. Because of that cares? glint that I saw right. in the illuminated manuscript yeah. in that old book. Right, yeah. exactly. But it's like, it's, it's, you, nobody on either, any side of this needs any more than that, really. Um, but in this, it's, it has all these trappings of sort of Indiana Jones, like mystery, except that it's just belabored with so much. They say more. it was built by owls. <laughs> Is that even what they said? No, they don't. I don't okay, because I would, I would totally buy it. It all that. slipped off my brain entirely because I was so distracted by how ridiculous it was that this was yeah. what Twin Peaks was. Yeah, it is so odd. <clears throat> it is so, so, so weird that this is where Twin Peaks goes. Coming from when the mystery in the woods was this very primal, elemental, like mystical thing. Yep. It is now no longer mysticism. It is now lock and key. I mean, yep. in an actually literal <clears throat> sense. I mean, both plot wise and also in its actual physical construction. It's I had completely forgotten that this is here, and it is so surprising because it is literally what a show like Lost mm-hmm. does. It is so close to what Lost is. It's crazy. I did not remember it being just, this much like that. Even how Lost spends years of its life hanging on this knife's edge between sort of like, is it real? Is it inside of your head? Is it mm-hmm. like something that's universal to people, or is there something about the place that we're in? Or is it just a huge robot inside of a rock? Like, <laughs> right. oh, I guess it's the latter. Yep, it's um, a bummer. It's, oh, it's weird. It's weird. It's weird. Um, it makes me very, very, very so much excited to get to the last two pieces of Twin Peaks content in just a few weeks that are just David Lynch going, I don't think that I care about any of those things. Let's just put it back mm-hmm. the way that it was. Oh, man. Yep. Yeah. Andy's axe knocks that hole open, which they then are like, oh, that's interesting, and don't touch yeah, it. Yeah, they just leave. And then Wendell Merle comes in and sees a drawing upside down on the ceiling and goes, oh, yes, oh, of course it's, <laughs> ah. And then he just turns it upside down. Yep. Which means it starts rattling ominously. Is he, like, summoning Bob? Like, what's he doing? He's summoning the smoke Going monster the from Black Lost. Lodge? Yeah. I, don't remember, I don't remember what happens in the <sighs> show at this point. Okay, so the drawing that Cooper draws, I think, is dumb. Yes. But... That little goofy... Okay, so that was a Twin Peaks and Owl in the same shape drawing. Um, obviously, that's what you know. The, that shape was. It was mm-hmm. the three diamonds and the little peaks. And then when that stone falls off on the little dial, there's a different drawing of Twin Peaks, of two peaks that form an owl shape. But that one is actually really... You mean just the diamond and then on each side, an arch coming off. Yeah, because it looks like the top-down view of a bird. Yeah, it just has a little, literally those two angled arches that are the two mountains of Twin Peaks. And in the mm-hmm. middle of it, there's a diamond shape yep. and it looks like a bird. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really just like... I, I But then when Windermere yes, turns it upside down, yeah. it looks like uh, a fire burning in a, in a fire pit. Mm-hmm. And like as far as just, just purely like graphic design, like mm-hmm. iconography design, that is so good. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised that is not all over every like DVD package for Twin Peaks ever that's ever been made and stuff. But as far as a piece of content inside of the show, I hate it. Like, <laughs> like I like right. it. It's I, too tidy in the context of fiction. Yeah, I like it for the yes. cleverness of just like iconography of the show. Like that feels like the sort of thing mm-hmm. that some hip dorko graphic designer would, would, come, put on up a minimalist with, would come up with now. And you'd be mm-hmm. like, wow, that's actually really good. Right. But when it's carved on an ancient, like, cylinder inside of a machine in a cave inside of Twin Peaks that makes things rattle around and smoke comes pouring out of the room or, or dust comes pouring mm-hmm. out of the room, yikes. Mm-hmm. Yikes. Who yep. killed Laura Palmer? Perhaps it was this cave machine. robot. Yeah. <laughs> There's an evil out in the woods. We found oh, it. Oh, it's that evil machine. No one's bothered to look behind these rocks before. <laughs> Where there's yep. this owl 
with a with a seam around the sides of it. It's weird. There's this art of this owl that's also fire. That's also Twin Peaks, and people keep saying fire walk with me. And it's weird that no like seen. no one thought this was maybe of archaeological importance or like any kind of research it's or something. Truman never mentioned it when all of the imagery from well, like, Owl Cave was referenced <laughs> in the biggest murder in the history of his town. <laughs> Even if even if he doesn't know there's a robot inside of the cave, yeah, maybe probably, he would have yeah. been like, maybe the killer is hiding out there because everything that we're hearing about this murder. I mean, well, maybe when yeah, well, I when mean, when David Lynch originally conceived of Owl Cave and exactly drew out how that mechanism should work back when they were shooting the pilot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, yes, mm-hmm. that was a joke. Sorry for anyone. Yeah, obviously that was not the case. Uh, yeah, so. So yes, what a weird episode. I this stuff is is very frustrating, but also we're almost done, so it it's clearly is going to wrap up pretty fast. Um and there was a lot of good Twin Peaks stuff in it. Oh yeah. It's funny cuz we're 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 pooping on Owl Cave like owls do. Um they poop in it. They poop in it. Yes. Oops. Excuse me. Um but all in all, I mean, when we were about to, when we sat down to record this thing, I said, oh, I can't wait to record this episode of Twin Peaks Rewatch because I really liked this episode. And I did. Like, mm-hmm. I thought this, yeah, me too. this is really, the, I mean, it was really fun the to watch. best episode, in my opinion, in this half of the season yes, so far I, by I, a huge amount. It's, yeah, it was I actually, agree. it was fun to watch. Mm-hmm. I totally um, agree. Even the goofy owl stuff was fascinating just in how out of control it was. Like, mm-hmm. it was not, but, um, oh, fact that I did not know that Dana told me mm-hmm. um, about Michael Aunt Keen. Right. The guy who plays Harry Truman. The guy who plays Harry Truman. The reason that he has an acting career is because he was, like, not professional, but, like, semi-professional, uh, very capable hockey player, and he was cast in huh. a hockey movie. Oh, crazy. Yes. Wow. And that is why, uh, yeah, well, the film Snapshot is why he had oh, a career weird. that popped for half a second and then disappeared. Right. Well, that, that makes sense, because this is not his calling. Yep. I mean, which is a bummer. I feel bad saying that because I guess I'm just thinking of saying it about Harry Truman, the character who I would feel bad about being mean to because he's he's such a goofball, nice guy. But like, I'm sure I'm sure uh, Michael Ankeen is as well, but yeah, uh, he can't act very well. No, but he's he's nice in this show. Yeah, yeah. When, when he's when he's not being made to do things that are outside of his range, which usually correlate to things that are outside the range of Twin Peaks as a show. Generally speaking, like once the once Michael Ontkeen as Harry Truman is out of his comfort show as an act as his comfort zone as an actor, Twin Peaks is out of its comfort zone as a television program. Yes, um, and those moments are usually not the best for either of them. Correct. Um, but yeah, there's um, we're on the twenty sixth episode. There's twenty seven, twenty eight, twenty nine, and thirty. There are four episodes left in the uh, entirety of Twin Peaks, and then the film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, you want to read some mail? What do you want to do? Oh yeah, sure. Let's read some mail. We have another uh, TV show podcast, which is the end of Mad Men, where we're following along with the final episodes of Mad Men, and it's weird, Jake. To think that that is going to wrap up at the same time this does. We've been, <laughs> we've been doing this for what, like six months now? Yeah. How long have we been doing this? A long ass time. Yeah, about six months almost. It will be by the time we're done, certainly. Weird. Um, I don't have a point to make about that. Oh, here we go. Uh, so De- Devin Daniels writes in. This is the this is the email I was alluding to earlier. He writes in, hi, guys, I started my own rewatch of Twin Peaks fairly late, and I had this question floating in my head for a while, but I wanted to wait up until I caught up with you to ask. Is it just me or is the population of Twin Peaks actually pretty big? 
At 51,201, it almost cracks Washington's top 20 in terms of population, above such notable cities as the immortal Olympia, 46,478, and Walla Walla, 31,731. What is your take on this? Is my perception of these numbers just off? Is the creators? Obviously, 50,000 isn't a huge population, but it's a decent-sized town. The show's ruminations on small-time life make me think its population should be closer to North Bend, home of Tweed's Cafe, the real Double R Diner, which has only 5,731 people. Thanks for a great podcast, DWD. I grew up in a town of 50,000 people, and it is much bigger than Twin Peaks. Um, I mean, the town that I grew up in for a sense of the scale is a, a town in Northern California that is not like adjacent to any city, so it, its city limits... Is Petaluma? Yeah, it's Petaluma. Um, but that had two public high schools, one private high school, multiple junior high schools. It did not have... I mean, it had department stores when I was growing up, but it was like J.C. Penney's and stuff right. like that. But the town itself in the 50s and 60s had a couple downtown and also some old hotels. So like that fits with that number scale, I think. But I don't... I feel like Twin Peaks has, it presents in the show as a town right. that's closer to, like the guy said, or whoever wrote it in, like five to 20,000 mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. That's kind of what I was getting at yeah. earlier, right? I mean, the show has the amenities of a larger town in a lot of ways, but is presented as though... Yeah, it just has a sheriff's department, which that's like what an unincorporated... Oh, that's true. Like, it, that's weird, right? I mean, you, yeah. if, if Twin Peaks was a town of 50,000 people, it would have a police department with like two precincts, but instead it yeah. just has the county sheriff. Yeah, like, no, it's, you're right. It's totally just a complete mix. Like, that. that's what you have, it feels like, when you're a teeny tiny town or you're like unincorporated. Mm-hmm. No, you're yeah, totally right. It doesn't, it doesn't track, but... Eh. I mean, I mean, that's what I meant about having it both ways. Yeah, the, the it's not a huge problem. It, it just, yeah. It's it's the only way that it makes sense to that I sort of allow it to make sense to me is that Twin Peaks just must be on the decline. Like that's the only. I, yeah, I think that's probably the best way to look at it. Uh, is it like it still doesn't map perfectly, but but it it allows you to get a little closer. Yeah, if they have a lumber mill that's almost out of business, and you know, it, it feels like maybe this was a, a busier town 20, 30 years before the show. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so if you have email to to send us, you can do so at uh, twinpeaks at idlethumbs.net. Um, I'm guessing that as we head into these final episodes, there is going to be a lot more to dig into. Um, so that'll be fun. Um, do you have any spoiler stuff, Jake? Uh, no, nothing this week. I mean, I'm sure in... in- the last couple episodes, there's going to be some spoiler stuff right before we get to the movie, but not this week. Do you? I have one brief thing. Whoa, spoiler time. Yeah. Uh, so on that note, um, if you have not seen the rest of the show in the movie, uh, please don't listen to the spoiler section. Um, and thanks for listening. If you liked this show, uh, consider telling a friend, consider rating us on iTunes. Those things are all very helpful. We appreciate them quite a lot. You can find our website at TwinPeaksRewatch.com. It has links to all the places you can find us on the internet. And thanks for listening. Thank you, Chris. You're welcome, Jake. Now for spoilers. Okay, so my one spoiler, this is very minor. Spoilers. It's not even really a spoiler because I don't don't have that much to say about it. But it just seems like if we're going to mention it at all until the movie, I should mention it now. Sarah pointed out, this is a thing I don't, I did not remember because I just, my brain does not remember things like this as easily. The symbol, that symbol that you keep talking about is the symbol on the ring in 
fire walk with me? This what? Is, Sarah says this. I trust that she's correct. The owls and in the, saying so. the owl peak thing? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, which means that David Lynch, like, dipped into this part of the show that he clearly wasn't super enamored with because he totally drops it. Uh, the movie's just not about this stuff in the same way that uh, that these episodes are. But he, you know, he... Oh, it is. Yeah, I looked up. I just looked at a picture of it. The ring is totally that. Well, the... Um... The interesting thing about Fire Walk With Me, which we've talked about a little bit. Um, it actually looks really good on a ring. It looks really. It does. It looks great. Yeah. Um, Fire Walk With Me was directed by David Lynch, but it was not co-written by Lynch and Frost. It was co-written by David Lynch, Robert Engels. Mm. Well, Mark Frost go. is just created or is listed as created by uh, like, like based, based on the television on series. By or whatever, yeah. yeah, so it was it, which is strange to me. I don't know. Like I'm sure people in the forums about, know about yeah. Mark Frost's involvement or not. I remember. Yeah, we'll, vaguely, we'll get there. We should read up on it before we do those. Yeah, that episode. I I get the feeling that he probably just didn't care for David Lynch going back to doing a story just about Laura Palmer because that was not. We talked about that a lot yeah. earlier, but um, also I'm sure Lynch went and watched all of Twin Peaks, but. And just picked the things out of it that he liked. But yeah, it's, it is, that's interesting. I totally didn't notice that. Mm -hmm. That I, makes that ring both m more interesting in some ways and also way less cool as just a weird thing inside of that movie. But it looks like just as a quick, we can get into this more later, but it looks like, um, so when that movie was being made, uh, well, before, as the movie was announced, it got sort of briefly canceled when Kyle McLaughlin said he wasn't going to come back and do it yep. because uh, Frost and Lynch had not really been around at all during the second season. And, and, McLaugh and McLaughlin felt the show really went downhill, obviously accurately. But apparently also Frost and Lynch, as that was happening, their relationship had become kind of strained. Hmm. Um, and it sounds like it might have been fine by the time the movie was made. But by that point, Frost was already working on his own separate movie. Okay. So he wasn't able to participate. Huh. Yeah. So that's what happened. Anyway, I'm looking forward to talking about that. Yep. That that one, I really... That movie, man, it is so different to the stuff we're watching now on the show. I am going to feel... It is going to be strange to connect that to everything. I know, because I, I felt strange at the time jumping from when Maddie is murdered and Leland is caught to just going straight into Firewalk with me. Mm -hmm. But that is such a tighter... Yeah. It, like, the, such a shorter jump to mm -hmm. make than going from, like... Cooper's Adventures in Owl Cave to just mm -hmm. like a crazy drill down into Leland and Laura's relationship. Mm -hmm. Like it's it's yep, for sure. It also, I mean, yeah, it'll be fun to do that straight after Lynch's last episode on the show, though. Yes, definitely. I'm looking forward to that because for sure, me too. Like a, apparently, maybe the one Twin Peaks episode I haven't seen. <laughs> I know one of the best ones. <laughs> All right, so weird. Well, that'll be fun. All right. Well, thanks for listening. Again, all of our information is at TwinPeaksRewatch.com. Thank you for sticking with us this long. Yep. See you guys next week. Bye.